That's the furnace. Oh, see, I was supposed to start the episode. Hello, this is Jen Parker, and I'm here with David Glazebrook. And this, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. So this is our sixth episode. Yes. And we're doing a bunch of things differently tonight. A bunch. A lot. Yes. Because we actually have already been here, done this. Yeah, we recorded it once, and well, we thought we recorded this episode once, and we did not record this episode once. So this is take two. Take two of episode six, which originally you had wanted to do it on energy. Yes, but I've been overruled. You have been overruled, and um, graciously at that. Very graciously. So this week we're going to do the episode on... A few things. It's going to be based on civil discourse, mm-hmm. but also I think that this is a great time for us to kind of loop back around and summarize what this podcast is all about and some of the episodes we've already done. Yeah, because this episode is kind of you know, kind of at the crux of what we wanted to create with this podcast, right? Yeah, and I think that especially following gender roles mm-hmm. that <laughs> which got a little heated and I took a lot of flack on rightly so rightly so fine <laughs> and um and that's okay like sometimes it will be me sometimes it will be you very rarely to be me that's right because very you're rarely. you're really smart oh, really smart and calm oh. you're a pacifist you're very pacifist and um, so that's what we're going to do tonight. But there's a few things to mention before we get started. What are we mentioning? Well, this is the first night that it's just you and I. Yeah, we do not have the puppies here because we're in my, my yoga studio tonight. We are in, and this is the first time that I've ever been in this studio. Yeah, what do you think? It is actually, I kind of like it. It's a lot bigger than I had pictured in my mind, has a really good feeling vibe to it. Was that the heater? That was the furnace, yeah. It kicks on. And I I would do yoga here, maybe. You would maybe do yoga here? I might. <laughs> you were supposed to do yoga last week, but I got sick, and I, I didn't teach. Oh, we, yeah, that was on the podcast that didn't air. Yeah. So I had... Um, well, we had come back together after gender roles and said, okay, let's let's create the next episode. And I had the brilliant idea that I would finally take one of your classes and then we would do the podcast after. Right. Kind of what we're doing tonight, but you didn't take the class. No. Skipped out on the class. This is a good this is a good first step. Okay. Get my feet wet. I'll take it. But I did do yoga this morning. That's good. Yeah. So driving here, because mm-hmm. I had to time it right, mm-hmm. coming from South Berwick, I um, realized kind of how much I missed living in York. It's a nice little town. It's really a cool little town. Yeah. So I stopped at um, Anthony's to pick us up some food. Oh, so good. How many times have you gone to Anthony's in oh, your countless. life? I have one of their like little accounts, mm-hmm. you know, points, and I just let them, like, I, I got like 60 bucks right now. And Anthony's just a use. Best coffee. 
They have really good coffee. I don't know if it's the best, but it's really good. They have um, great sandwiches and pizza, and um, they have great, um, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, pastries and stuff. Bakery. Mm -hmm. I bought us a, um, I don't know, like a quadruple fudge chocolate mm. jumbo brownie. Yeah, those are good. You know what I, I love about Anthony's is when you go in and it's it's a cold winter's night, and you go in for coffee and there's there's a cello <laughs> playing by the coffee roaster. Yeah. Some, some like, person, how cool is that? Some, some person's singing or something like that. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I don't know. This, the, the York's got some pretty good uh, coffee places. So um, I like Anthony's. Uh, the Central is excellent. I've never been to the oh, Central. They have these, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, oh, God, I'm, my brain is off. Um, cinnamon one rolls, but they have the cream cheese frosting on them. Is that unusual? I don't know, but it's really good. No, I don't think it's unusual, but it's, it's they do really good. And they're, they're, then their breakfast burrito is fantastic. Um, St. Joe's has got good coffee. St. Joe's is and, excellent. And uh, York 54 right next to it. When I worked at the York River Landing a long time ago, we would always, if we were in early, we'd grab whoever... Who someone would say, I'll buy if you fly. Yeah. And we'd go grab breakfast sandwiches and coffee. and Right. And then, um, let's see, uh, the bagel basket, which is right next to Okay, the, the bagel basket. So when I, oh my gosh, so I'm trying to think. So I first moved to York, I moved into the harbor. And it was that, I don't know what color it is now, but it was the big brown house, like two doors down from the post office. And it had those big oval openings on the porch I don't know it's like it's one of those homes that you just know it's okay. on the same side as the post office okay but I actually at that time I worked for a little startup company that was where Rochelieu building is builders is now mm -hmm. like so right before you take that right to go down to the stage neck yeah. that big beautiful white house mm -hmm. I worked in there, oh, and it was okay. one of my coolest jobs. And actually, that's where I ended up doing radio. Oh, okay. Working for um, the gentleman that owned that business. Ooh. And then, um, but for that business, we were at Bagel Basket almost every day. It was yeah, so kind of like company policy. Yeah. <laughs> There's some pretty good coffee places here in town. I, I enjoy it. Some good restaurants and a fantastic yoga studio. I, do, I, you know what, the I do like this, nice. well, sometimes, <laughs> I do, I really do like this studio, and I'm really impressed, and I think I might even be proud of you. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I can't take credit for it, so most of the design and everything is not done by me. It's done by me listening to other people and doing what they say. Who did the art mural on the wall? Um, Jean McGuire. Uh, Jean McGuire. She actually reached out to me when we first started yeah. doing the podcast. So she, she did that, and she did the uh, artwork in the hallway, and she also picked out the whole color design for the studio. I'll have to look at the art in the mm -hmm. hallway. Mm -hmm. She's very talented. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah, she also does interior design and everything, so she's really good. So the other the other bit of housekeeping, because I don't think there's anything to correct on gender roles. No, or I no. don't even think we want to bring it back I up. Perfect. Um, I was driving over here, and my cousin started texting me because 
we actually just found each other again. Um, we were really close up until I was 16. Mm-hmm. And then um, he happened to see my children's book on his dad's coffee table. Oh. And he reached out to me on Facebook. And, um, yeah, it's it's been amazing. We've, we FaceTime. I got to meet his amazing wife, Robin. And sometimes we'll jump on the phone or we'll text throughout the day. But um, he was calling for um, a couple things. <laughs> he was rubbing in the weather down south. He lives in South Carolina. And, oh, I, and I was like, nice here today. I don't know, I said, Scott, it's like in the 70s here. 73 degrees today. It was beautiful. It, it was amazing. And then he said, um, when, when's the next podcast? He goes, you know, I've listened to every one. And he goes, I really, really like them. When's the next one? I said, funny you say that. I'm on my way now. And he's like, is David going to be there? No. I hope he's there. And then um, he just said he really likes our conversation and our banter. And he likes that um, the topics we've... No, Scott, you didn't say that. I'm making that up right now. I don't like... My mind is, but I'm trying, the one thing he did say, I don't want to say out loud, so that's why I'm making up stuff. He said, um, David seems really intelligent. He did say he thinks that I sound like the host, that I kind of lead. You think so? I No, that's what I he know. said. I, I, it's funny, because I don't, I don't see that, like, you know, talking to each other. I don't see that. I don't think one of us is leading the other. I kind of like when we have conversations, I feel like um, we're more partners. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, and and I, I've always wanted that to be this podcast. So mm-hmm. I'll step back a little if I need to. I think you're um, doing just fine. But he asked if you would please lean in closer to the microphone. I'm trying to. <laughs> I think I just, I, I have a very low voice. I have a very deep voice. And I think sometimes it's hard to pick up. So I'm trying to be closer to the mic. It sounds louder tonight. Yeah, well, I'm closer to the mic. Now. We are actually, we're like two little kids. We're laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. There weren't a lot of options in here. No, there's not a lot of chairs in the yoga studio. No. So tonight. We're going to talk about civil discourse. Which is, again, I think when we first started talking about the podcast, you got all excited about gender roles in civil discourse. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I had to look up the definition of civil discourse. Well, I don't have it in front of me, but basically it's, it's basically being able to talk in the public forums with other people and not want to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, something, the reason I got excited about it is because I just think it's something that's very much lacking today. Um, and it's very important. We have to be able to exchange ideas freely in order to advance the good ideas. So um, it just seems today that often people are so quick to judge. Take sides. Take sides, or they're not even going to listen to the other side. Um, Not that you have to agree with the other side. Not that you don't have to think they're idiots. I mean... You could think like, oh, no, they're still an idiot. But you can at least listen to their side and their point of view 
where if it's if it you know like I'll I'll use like Republican and Democratic um, examples in a sense like you know if someone's a Democrat or Republican and the opposite side has an idea they won't even listen to it just because well it's becoming it's coming from that other side and I think it's kind of ridiculous. Um, well, I think it's become unfortunately about winning votes. Is well, the it's, first it's about the soundbite. It's about the soundbite. It's not about the idea anymore. No, it's not. so for me. I I don't ever go into a conversation wanting to change someone's mind, or even assuming that I would ever have the ability to do that. For me, like having an open conversation with someone is about seeing things and learning things from a different perspective so that you're you're trying to build a picture about something. And if you're only ever looking at it from your perspective, it's only going to be two-dimensional. And that's absolutely right. I think today's society, especially with social media, we tend to focus on more being on being right than having a discussion. Um, and I think this is on both sides of the aisle. Um, I've heard people say, oh, no, it's definitely more the Republicans or it's definitely more the Democrats. Um, and I think it just come, depends on what point of view you're coming from. But I think it's just sad because I think there's so many good things that can be out there, but we lose... We lose the opportunity to grow because we don't listen to each other. We don't give ourselves or each other the the respect just to listen to them. Now, I'll I'll give it to this. I mean, sometimes I've heard some people talk on both sides and go, "Wow, that is idiotic," and that's okay. I'm a, it's a free country. I can. But think about the most idiotic things have brought the greatest change well, and expansion in thought. That's, and that's what I'm trying to get at is sometimes you think like, well, why would they even think that? Why would, where are they, why are they coming from this direction? I don't understand it. And it might lead you to, to, to try to say, okay, let me try to understand this better. And even though you still might disagree with it, but you can at least say, okay, I can see where they're coming from. And maybe they have some points along the way, or at least you can maybe, see their concerns, even if you don't think they're that valid. But that's how compromise is usually done because you start to address their concerns. And then you could say, okay, well, like I, I read a, um, uh, I read a great article today, an opinion piece by Bernie Sanders. I love Bernie. On Fox News. He, did you see his public forum on Fox News when he was running for yeah, president? Yeah, and, and I'll give, like, I'll give, like, I'm not a huge Bernie fan of Sanders fan. I'm I've not, met him. I, I, he's, he's, but I'll <laughs> give him this. He's genuine. He he's honest. He like, he, he's, if he you look at all is. of the players in politics, right. you know, there, there's different roles. There's people that are looking to gain power and notoriety and climb the ladder. Right. You know, starting in local government and then working their way through state and then you know, national. There are people that are impassioned. Mm -hmm. And being passionate is fine. And they are on platforms and they're kind of just like sound blasters. Yeah. And in, they're in, like foghorns. And that's, and that's where I think social media has 
It has two coins. Well, but let me just finish the point that, because you brought up Bernie Sanders. One of the things, and I'm not saying this as a progressive, I didn't, you know, I voted, I don't vote straight party. Mm -hmm. I never have. I vote um, for the individual. Usually it's policy first. I have five, five target areas in my toolbox that I'm consciously monitoring. And those are personal to me. Those are yeah. those are what I'm I'm aware of and what matter most to me. And I I monitor those topics and then I look at what the different players are expressing about those topics and which way I feel they'll either support or reject. And so doing that, especially local government or state government, you hardly ever vote party line. Um, And even, you know, for senators, U.S. senators, I've voted opposite parties. But what I wanted to say, and actually, and after having met Bernie in person and hearing him in small forums and following him on all media channels, including Fox News, CNN, doesn't matter. He's He's bringing a message. And there is this feeling that I have that he's authentic. Right. He's honest and and works from a place of integrity, wanting to share his own truth. Now, is everybody always have the information that... You know, do you ever slip up and make mistakes? Of course, course. especially the volume of bills. If you think of how long he's legislated over the decades, right? Like since he was, I think, believe in his early 30s, late 20s. I know he was an activist in his early 20s. If you watch interviews with him, he can cite the bill number, the reference number, and actual lines from the policy. And remember, some of these pieces of policy come to the representative or the senator hundreds of pages long. So the fact that he can take thousands of votes in a year and retain that knowledge, think about, like, I just know, like, think about how much, like, that's just not the norm in politics. I I, I just like, I mean, like I said, I have my issues with Bernie Sanders and some of his Which are what? Well, I just, you know. How you're going to pay for things? Um, I think some of it's but pie. he but he tells you how he's going to pay. I for know it. he says that. I, I'm not saying that, but I think some of it's pie in the sky, um, which is fine. That's okay. I can work with somebody like Bernie Sanders, even if I disagree with them, because I know he's being genuine. He truly believes this, and he wants to. He wants it to work. So I can. I even if I'm completely the opposite side, I could work with somebody like that because they're being genuine. They're putting their cards on the table. Right, exactly. Now, I, I, I think that's where we start to lose, especially, you know, the social media and the soundbite. Um, so the news cycle, so if you look at news cycles, you know, back in the 60s, it was a 24-hour news cycle. Now it's seconds. So it's all about, so before, where you can maybe look at getting content behind a debate or uh, an idea or an interview. Now you're not going to get, they're just going to have the sound bites. But at the same time, what that allows for is instant fact-checking. Well, yes and yes. But what I'm saying is I think it has created us where we're in such divided two camps where you're, you know, you're either for or against something. There's no middle ground. 
Yeah, we've lost the middle yeah, ground. And I, I think that's important to come back to where, I'm, you know, I'm not saying you have to agree with somebody. I'm not saying you have to not even think they're an idiot. But to, like, well, what shut about... down debate just because you don't like the possible answer or their side of the story is wrong. I think politics people look at debates as like oil drilling. Like you're right. just pounding the ground with the same responses right. over and over. Yeah, and and it's, that it's, gets you nowhere. Well, that's where it's, where, you know, it's just about the soundbite. And it's not about where I think as a, and I always go to this. So when we look at our government, we get the government we deserve because we vote for these people continually. However, though, there's, I used to be in the same camp with what you're saying. Well, I, I'm, I'm, well, we have created a system where it is harder for somebody like you or I to run for office and maintain the money, the ability, and to, to run. If, well, I, if I wanted to run for senator, like, like you know, Angus King's or Susan Collins' seat right now, there's no way I could do it. You could do it. Here's the, here's the difference. So And have my life destroyed and turned upside down and then I have not to necessarily. get all the money? I, so, I the, well, so I, no way. we were talking about this hypothetically recently, yes. that if I decided to jump back in the political <laughs> ring, <laughs> which you brought up again, mm -hmm. I just, I... One night we were talking, I said, what do you think about this, right? Because mm -hmm. someone had broached me yep. and said, would you ever think about doing this? And you've brought it up a couple times since. Yeah. The running part is not, is not the most difficult. Anybody can run. There are systems put in place that you can plug in and, you know, do an effective campaign and run for that seat. And honestly, when they picked my name, it was because I already had built-in recognition in the right. community. And they wanted, they looked at my voting record or how I was registered and they wanted that letter, right? They wanted my seat Ooh. filled with that letter, that party letter. Right. However, once you get in, you have some really tough choices to make. And right away, you have to decide... Are you a party person? Are you a people person, meaning your constituents? Or are you a policy person? Well, and I, I mean, that's it is so, very difficult to juggle all three. Right. And so effectively, how can you? So I would think like you'd want to be, a, you know, you're representing your constituents, right? However, guess where you gain the most power and effectiveness and ability to create change. Right. It's not by representing your constituents. Right. I know. And that's, and it's, that's, it's just so. Unless I'm going to say her name. Who? You are someone like Bernie or oh. AOC. Right. Who doesn't, who has the ability like them or not to step out of the current system and be effective. Be effective at pissing a lot of people off, mm. off, yes, but also in not being afraid of voicing your own truth, even if it's against your party platform and your leadership, you're going to either take a nosedive or gain a very big following fast. And that is another way to gain power in the political system.
It's it's a tricky game, I, I and I and I say game with capital G. I would want to do it. I would want to do it. I was very naive when I got elected. I would not want to do it. But yet, you offered to do what for me? Well, I'd help you. Do doors. I said, I said you would have to do doors. I do doors will move it. I'm not going to run. And then I said, what happens? I'll wield the power behind the scenes. <laughs> no, this was the funny thing. I said, well, what happens when um, we get to we get to gun policy? Right. I'll support you publicly, but behind the scenes, I'll be trying to ruin you. Yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> what you said. But I think that politics, you know, is when you when you mention civil discourse, we all go to politics because that seems the greatest divider right now. Yeah, and well, I mean, it's, we're talking about issues today, right? And when we, we yeah, let's not talk we, about that. One. No, well, no, I'm just saying we we talk about issues of the day or. You know, or, or it just it just seems that we're all it's, it's we're all looking for the gotcha moment. And I don't I just so, I think a it, lot of people so Well, I think a lot of people wanna feel right. Well that's I think that's what it's more about. It's more about being right. On the than, right side, in yeah, the right camp, yeah, and, um then following well, the right per like even you and I with this podcast and not just the last one, but previous ones. You took the first big hit. Yeah. I took the biggest hit this previous time and it's it's people wanting to tell either you or myself that we were right right the other the jen was wrong dave was wrong right and on the last podcast you know we both received those messages yeah. and i one of the things that i want to talk about is i took a i took a hit for being well people called me emotional you called me you were trying to save face you called me passionate She's well, impassioned. You are passionate about it. That that's was also emotional. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, well that's, well, that's part of being passionate. Like, and that's why I think it can be difficult with civil discourse because there's nothing wrong with being passionate but, and emotional about a subject. And you have not been emotional free on these no. podcasts, but it's specifically we each have our own podcasts that we go solo on. You right. do his story. Yeah. I do her story. Yeah. You're his story is jam-packed full of emotion and you're almost heralded up as Ooh, like the aura is lit up and your halo and it's saint david right and i'm not saying that it shouldn't be that way and i tear up when i read your writing and i appreciate your vulnerability and your depth but we're not going back to gender roles i'm just citing that when you're no, emotional right. and you're talking about something that is very Passion, important, important to you, one of your experiences, then it's very, it's viewed very differently if I come from an impassioned, emotional position. But if that coming from, so when I discuss things with you. On air or off on, air? On air. I try to keep the emotion out of it. I try but to, why? If emotion is a large want, part of life? Because I know when I get emotional, this is just personal, my ears shut down. I did shut down on that podcast. Right, so so you start. To I get triggered. Right, you and, and and that's and that's okay, but you just had to recognize it and say, okay, is this me being defensive and not wanting to listen, or is is this like, hey, like I, I, I see a problem with your your logic or your 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 argument. That's one thing. So, but can, if you start to shut things down because we just don't want to listen to it because it's different. Well, I don't think we got there. No, no, I don't think we did either. But what I will say 
after listening back, and I know you're always one and done, mm -hmm. you move forward. Right. I always go back and say, how can I grow or approach things differently? I think that let's not forget the reason we're doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. Both of us have been diagnosed with PTSD. Mm -hmm. We're both making our way through life, actively looking for new coping skills, ways to slow our minds down, to gain control of our reactions, and to look at, look at life in a healthier way. Opening ourselves up on air in front of the world, we're now being listened to in 12 countries. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm still very much learning how to deal with, I think I'm not as affected by my childhood traumas, but hearing you talk about strong men and that men are naturally stronger and me as a young child being obliterated yeah. by a strong man, mm -hmm. that I, I did... Not that I not that I was trying to win an argument with you. What triggered you then? I think what I was trying to do and like the individual that did that to me physically held his hand over my mouth so I could not be heard. So I think in that conversation about gender roles, I think the the vulnerable side of me was trying to make sure that I was being heard. Mm -hmm. And I think because I was talking to my cousin, so it's Scott from South Carolina. He is a twin. Um, I've written about him a few times in my, in my blog, Just Love. But I was, I was talking to him about it, about you. He was asking me a lot of questions about you personally. Because he doesn't know you, and he's, you know, he only knows you through the podcast. And I said to him, I said, you know what, Scott, sometimes it's tough. I said, my ex-husbands, my father and my brother were very masculine figure types. Mm -hmm. They worked with their hands. They were physically strong. My brother was incredibly educated. My dad was a master plumber, but they were essentially a man's man. You are probably the first other than them that I have spent this much time with in my life. Mm -hmm. And it, it challenges me. It also provides me with an incredibly safe space because you're also you're um, you're kind. You're an incredible communicator. You, um, you work through stressful situations with a certain grace that I admire. And I also try to, that's, that's a characteristic that I've tried to learn and gain. I learned that a lot through the military is, is trying to take, when you find yourself getting emotional in stressful situations, you have to be careful because you start making judgment issues. Um, not, I don't want to say bad judgments, but your well, judgment. You react. You react instead of thinking. 
And it's so important to think when you get upset. But sometimes, and I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but sometimes the pain is still so raw. Oh, yeah. And even when you think you've done the healing, you've done the work. Like, I've talked about what has happened with me more with you than ever before in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was 45 years ago. Yeah. And, well, that's, that's where... It's not that you have to have it under control. It's that you have to be able to recognize it. So you can recognize, like, okay, I'm starting to become emotional or I'm starting to, to, to lose control. Back away. And I guess the only thing I want to be careful of is, like, one of the next podcasts that you want to do is energy. Mm -hmm. Energy is emotion. Absolutely, it is emotion. So I think part of our culture, the soundbite of emotions is that it's negative. Yeah. And I want to keep myself open because I don't want the pendulum to spring, swing all the way right. well, too far in one direction that, okay, when I was traumatized, I was overtly emotional now that I'm learning to control my emotions or my reactions I become what's the word for it, if I have no emotions stoic I become stoic and I, I don't want to come across and saying like you know being passionate or vulnerable is a weakness it is not it's a strength it's but if your vulnerability and your emotions control you if they control how you react that's where it becomes a, a, a detraction instead of an attraction. If you can focus your passion, your vulnerability into something that is going to push yourself forward, there'll, there'll be nothing stopping you. And that's, nothing. And that's what emotions do. They're fuel. Right. So, I mean, I, I talked about this on our very first podcast. You know, my whole life, I wanted to, when I was growing up, I wanted to be Batman or Superman. Turns out, you know, I'm the Incredible Hulk. Because I, I'm an extremely emotional and a very vulnerable person. But I cover it up. I've only seen it once, and I don't know if you know that I saw it. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to know. And, and it's something... It, it made me nervous a little bit, if I'm being honest. It's something I've been working on, especially since Amy passed, was... Allowing my vulnerability and my emotional energy to guide me, but not control me. So I don't want to become the raging green monster, but I want to, you know, those that have seen the movie, you know, the, uh, the Infinity Wars and then the Endgame. Are we going to go see Doctor Strange? We might see Doctor Strange. I heard it wasn't very good not to burst your bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, you know, in, in, in Avengers Endgame, the Hulk, you know, David Banner, Dr. Bruce Banner, excuse me, becomes the uh, Professor Hulk, where he's the Hulk and Bruce Banner at the same time. So he, he's got all the benefits of both. That's what I want to become. Maybe I think that's who you are. And this, um, when we did the podcast the other time, did I, I told you about Lou Ferrigno, right? Yes, I think you did. You know who he is? Yeah, Lou Ferrigno. He played the Hulk. 
He played the part of the Hulk Not on yet. the TV series. So when I was in second grade at Chester, oh gosh, oh, yeah. I'm going to get, yeah. if I'm wrong about this, but I know I'm not wrong about this. Okay, you could tell me about this. I was in second grade, so at Chesterfield Elementary School, which was K through eighth grade, in Mrs. Gray's class. I know that Lynn Thompson was in that class with me. I think Juanita, uh, John Santino maybe, but um, we were sitting there and one time, one day there was a knock on the door in this ginormous bouquet of flowers was delivered to Miss Gray. This one blue. And we were like, who is it? Who is it? And it was from Lou Ferrigno. So I was just like starstruck. And I sat down and wrote him a letter. And I thanked him for sending her these beautiful flowers and that she was my favorite teacher and blah, blah, blah. And I, my mom mailed it, I think. And he sent me back um, a headshot, <laughs> a, a swarmy headshot <laughs> to Jenny, actually, which yeah. nobody calls me that. Um, I don't know. I think that, I think we're too hard on ourselves. I think that and I think we're too hard on each other that somehow we think we all have it figured out. Oh, I don't think anybody's got it figured out. We're all just winging it. So I want to circle back. Um, there's a couple people that have kind of emerged as possible guests on our, on mm -hmm. our just in plate. Oh, and another thing we have to clear up. No, what's that? Someone at the restaurant that I worked at, the topic of the podcast came up. And um, he goes, I, he goes, I like your writing, Parker, and all this stuff. He goes, but I don't really need to listen to two people figure out their relationship in front of the whole world. <laughs> and I go, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? He goes, well, you guys are dating, and you're trying to just make it all work, and it's, I'm going to have to hear about your trials and tribulations. And I go, I said, Mark, no, absolutely not. I said, do you read nothing? Like the whole premise is that, well, for, for my column, it's not, it's called just love, but it's, it's moving through life, choosing love, not fear as a motivator or right. as a deciding factor when you're trying to make decisions. Um, I said, just in polite love is about two strangers that have both been diagnosed with PTSD and, are just trying to figure life out and like talking, having honest conversations about difficult topics and like, and especially two people that can get triggered easily that, you know, part of the appeal of the podcast and having you as a co-host was after meeting you, I, I knew I could feel safe with you. You were a nice guy, but I also knew some of your shit was bat crazy. <laughs> and I was like, it would make interesting fodder. Like, like it what is bat shit crazy about me? Oh my gosh. Even so the point that we ended up at popovers in Portsmouth, right? We yeah. tried two other places. So you order first and like, there you are in line. You're taller than me. Your shoulders are like twice as broad as mine. And you've got your wallet out ready to pay before yeah. we even put our orders in. And, and it's a business meeting and I called the meeting. So traditionally it's on me. 
And I was like, oh, he thinks he's all that. And he's the big stud muffin. <laughs> and he's going to be like the traditionals that just says, oh, I have the dick so that I have to pay. <laughs> and like, and not that any of that's bad. And there are times in my life that I appreciate that. And it feels good. But I was just like, oh, there's, there's some room here for some disagreement. <laughs> We're not going to be on the same page about everything. No. I guess not. And then the best part was on episode one where we talked about that was the first time that we'd come together to do the podcast. I think we'd met in person twice before Maybe, yeah. that. And um, you were... <laughs> in my car you opened up and you were so incredibly vulnerable and you were like the girl in the moment and usually that's me so I thought that was most excellent too that you were a little bit crazy like I was Too that boring. nothing was off limits that we could talk about no, everything I mean, and anything talk about it, we'll talk about it. and then um, and then we got to the discussion that you were in the military mm -hmm. and and I don't know if I shared openly that I was a co-sponsor of the red flag bill. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did totally. So, and also never having met Amy, but having you describe her as the Jersey girl mm -hmm. made me smile and laugh because I'm probably the furthest thing from that. <laughs> she was definitely a Jersey girl. She liked her leopard print and... Anything they, that glitters or sparklers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She had a shirt that uh, I, I, oh, I bought it for. So I don't, I don't sweat. I sparkle. That's talent. Mm -hmm. you, you have a good picker. Mm -hmm. But so the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that, and just for people to realize, you and I are still trying to even figure out our friendship, our mm -hmm. relationship. To the point that if we get together, we're still working on the dogs. <laughs> Tonight's like we have a babysitter. Like, yeah, the dogs. They, they, they have to exert their dominance with each other every time they see them. I think yesterday, dog. Harry nipped Ruby. Yeah. I counted nine times. Yeah, something like that. Something like that, yeah. So it's okay. They'll, they'll figure it out. So we start Their civil discourse is not is not on par. But yet we well, I'm not gonna say we. One of the things that I do like about you is that when the dogs are together, you don't panic, you don't get stressed out, you give them space to work it out, but yet they know their boundaries. And that feels safe for the dogs. Yeah. That feels safe for me bringing my dog to your house, for you bringing your dog to my house. That yeah. feels like it's not just like a free-for-all. And I think the comment you made is about the vet bill, avoiding <laughs> vet, bill, <laughs> vet bills at all costs. Yeah, let's not, let's not hurt each other, so we have to go to the vet. So here we are with this podcast. We We have a new relationship. We're getting to know each other. We've already talked about our own personal traumas. You've shared some incredibly sad things. And then what, what, what we talked about yoga. That's yeah. the least popular podcast episode that we've done. <laughs> that we talked about us both finding yoga as a coping skill 
for working through our triggers and our inability to not be emotional. Yeah. And then what else did we do? We did the intro, the yoga. Gender roles. I hate that one. <clears throat> Dating while damaged. You Dating took some damaged. flack on that one. I took some flack on that one. You took a lot of flack. I took a lot of flack on that one. It's all because you said you could have sex the first night. Two consenting adults. I mean, what? I want to go for it. That was at the point that Libby was listening to the episode and said, I don't need to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> what was the episode three was, um, oh, you know what? So, Yoga was three. Episode two is when you asked me questions about my trauma. Oh, yeah. PTSD was the second one. And I asked you questions about yours. Yeah. And then yoga, then... Um, Dating while damaged. Dating while damaged, and then gender roles. Yeah, damage was not a good word. Damage was not politically correct. or, But you know what? I don't think that that's where the comment was coming from. I think that someone who maybe felt that they could fit the description of what we were talking about didn't want to think about themselves as a damaged human being. And I think that's a, that's a correct thought. And I think we raised that concern during the episode that... Yeah. Words, for me, um, you're a writer too, but like for me, words are kind of like, in a weird way, my religion, my spirituality. I, I um, have a tremendous respect for words and curiosity, and I think they carry with them such an incredible power to make people feel good. Yeah, I have a to draft. To make people feel scared. I have a draft um, column. I'm still trying to write it. It's, it's the power of words. Words have meaning. And when we use certain words, and there's got to be intention behind it usually too. So, you know, I'll, I'll use the dating while damaged um, idea. Like, our intention behind the word damaged was not to be hurtful. So, I don't think our intention on anything for no, this so, is to be so, hurtful. But uh, now that we know that it could be hurtful, do you still use it? Um, you called me a flaming liberal on the first episode. <laughs> I didn't realize that was... And you told me, Dave, that's not nice to say. No, you got upset with me. You said um, you took your headphones off. And we've already talked about yeah. this, but you said... Maybe you sound like a Trumper. Jen, I'm not a Trumper. And I said, well, you called me out as a flaming liberal and then in the next breath called me a witch. I mean, like... Well. <laughs> David Glazebrook. Yes. Am I Glinda... No, I'll accept the role of a witch. I don't know what witches. Look at Bewitched. There's some really good witches out there. We need witches. And now the W's just been replaced with B. So we're making <laughs> some progress. Exactly. I'll accept that. It's a slow-moving boat, but we're on it, and things are getting better. But, you know, but I think what you're saying about words is, is important. They, they do carry meaning, and we have to be cognizant of that. I think sometimes people can get a little too sensitive around them um, and they put their own thoughts and feelings and experiences around it and they don't. Like on gender roles and you kept saying, is it not true? Men are strong. Men are stronger than women. Right. And for me, that was... Uh, 
dominating. Right. So that your it your, wasn't strength as a good right, thing. Like, yeah. So your interpretation. So I think that's we have to look at a society too. Like when someone is offended, who is that on? Oh, you talked a lot about this on the podcast. Yeah, so, I got erased. So, so when someone's offended, who is that on? Is it on the person that is offended or the person that is doing it? I don't think it's black and white. I don't think it's black and white. Well, I think being offended is on the person that is offended because they're offended. What if at someone's well, not, overtly being offensive to cause malice or it's intentional still, harm? It's, it's still on the person that is being offended. However, 99.9% of the population may agree with that person being offended. So it's, it's, it doesn't mean the, it doesn't relieve the person that is doing the offending, if you will, of any obligation. Or responsibility. Or responsibility. Uh, what I'm saying is, so, you know, if, if you say a word or something like that, and I find it offensive, that is on me. Now, that doesn't mean most people in this world might hear the same word as you say it and not be offended also. So what, so what are the top five most offensive words to David Glazebrook? Oh, I don't know. Just pick a, what word, when you hear it, just gives, makes you cringe. Hmm. I never like being called stupid. Um, probably because when I was a kid and I was in special education a lot and, uh, kids would come up to me and go, what's wrong with you? You stupid or something? So even if someone's joking with it, it still hurts. It still hurts. Now, you know, what are you stupid? And even if they're joking, part of me gets offended by that. Even still? Even still. But that's on me. I know they're not. They're joking now. It's also on me to say, hey, call it out. Like, hey, don't call me that. And then it's on their, and then them, on them. So if they say, well, I don't care. I'm going to call you stupid anyway. Well, um, now you're just being an asshole. Because now you know that it's offensive to me. And if you're a decent person, you would not use that around me, even if you're joking. So there were words that we used fairly often and freely in our childhoods. Oh, absolutely. That are have almost been outlawed. Oh, absolutely. Because of... And sometimes I'll slip. Like, I'm going to be honest, and I'll absolutely. get flack for this. Yeah. Sometimes I'll use the G word. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, don't be... And yeah, right. And then, I remember using it as a kid all the time. And now we don't use that because it's it's offensive to some people and that's rightly okay. so. And, and and I understand it. But again, the word the way that words shift within decades or right. even different um, connotations like so the words that I remember around that same topic, like remember I feel horrible even saying this out loud. This is how the the meaning of this word or the power behind it has shifted right. to being an okay thing to being a horrific thing. Right. In just how many years? How old are we? Mm-hmm. So probably so, 40 yeah, I remember, years. I remember saying like in high school, you know, uh, uh, middle school. So like you're talking 30, 30 some odd years ago. But the F 
word that is the same as the oh, G word that has three letters yes. and ends in G? Yeah, that was that was used all the time. All the time. And we would look it up in the dictionary. And do you know what its meaning is in the dictionary? Like a cigarette. Well, no, that. It's actual meaning or one of the meanings is a stick. Oh, okay. A stick. So, really? <laughs> which if you can expound your yeah, to kind of get why. I get it. But like... As kids, but that was that was thirty some odd years ago, and but now. But I'm just saying that how even the meanings or the the emotion or the potency of words changes. Oh yeah, so, and I grows mean, or expands. I, I think, or I think of like sports teams right now that have you know they had Native American names to them, and they're being changed, and there were there are people that are outraged by it. Like, but oh, why are they outraged by it? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, like honestly, because they don't like change. Like, like the the Washington team, the Washington football team. Yeah. Like I don't even know, like. You won't say it. I won't even say that. Like that's. Has that been changed, or it, does well, they, they, they've taken it away? They haven't replaced the name, but they're so it's they're just no Washington. It. It's just the Washington. Football so team. what about the Canucks? Is that <laughs> derogatory? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Is Canuck a bad word? I mean, you're I the Canadian. No, I, don't, I. I don't. I'm I'm not an Inuit, so I I don't want to say it is or it isn't. But I mean, it never had a negative connotation with me. But you're not. But I'm not that. So it would you know if 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 the Inuit community came up and said, "Hey, we find this offensive," now, even if they didn't 15 years ago, 20 years ago, or they did 20 years ago, but they didn't have the voice strong enough to to say it, but now they do. Well, then we should listen to that and, and, and like, okay, honor that because it's, it, it's, it's the right thing to I do. Think, I think what's happening is, is something being said to be hurtful? I think this right. is what's carrying, what's causing the current controversy. Right. Some of these things, these words started, were always used to be hurtful or right. derogatory. Right. Like there the Washington was like, football team, like that's a derogatory term. Like when the Washington football team became that team back in probably like 1920, it was an acceptable term because. But it was derogatory, even it, still. Even, even then, it was back still then. derogatory. But it was acceptable because the Native American community had no voice. They have very little voice. Do you know um, when I got to the. The tribes in Maine have representation. They have yeah. seats on the floor, but they're not allowed to vote. Right. Well, because technically they're on their own country. But their country is within our... Yeah, I know. I, I get it. But, I mean, so... I mean, I, I think it's good that, you know, the Washington football team, I mean, it took a long time, but eventually they did recognize it and changed it. Even there was a, there was a strong community saying, don't change it. It's historical. Who gives it? <laughs> Stuff changes in history all the time. There's bad stuff in history. Does that mean we right. revere it? Right. Uh, the Cleveland baseball team. Okay. So now I'm not up on sports like you are. No. Like, I'm sure I know these names. So just give me a second, oh, right? Like yeah. Cleveland. They, they were called the Cleveland Indians. I like how you just now, whispered that. Now. Now what are they now? I, I, they're called the Cleveland Guardians now. I didn't know that. Yeah. So but I think the. The thing that was really offensive about that was their mascot. 
was this horrendous, big, smiling, red-skinned Indian. With that a tomahawk, was, right? No, no, it was like a, it was a cartoonish-looking No, they had like a... No, that's the Atlanta Braves. Oh, okay. Now, that might be different. Like, I don't know. I mean, Braves, as far as I understand it, is a term for a brave, like a warrior. So they might be doing that out of respect. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. And honestly, that that should be like if, if I was part of the Atlanta Braves organization, I would probably talk to the Native American community that is based around the, that that term and say, what do we do? Hey, so we're almost in an hour. Sure. Um, so thank you for letting me change the topic. Well, you're welcome. Again. Next, next one we'll do energy. No? What do you want to do? This is my, this is my only hesitation. Like even talking about chakras, like mm-hmm. we've, We've learned about them. We've mm-hmm. read about them. We still got it wrong. Like there, there are seven chakras, primary chakras. Then it goes to 13, 14, and then finally there's 114 chakras. Mm-hmm. My hesitation is, is I don't, I know what I know, but I don't think that I know enough to say it without well, not getting it wrong. I don't really have to be experts on it. We're just discussing it. We'll discuss what we know. Right, that's fine. And I will come out a little bit... um, You come out a little crazy, that's fine. No, but I'm wondering if that's the intent a little bit. No, 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 not at all. (laughs) No, not at all. I I think it's a good thing to talk about. I think it's... The reason I like to talk about subjects like this is because there is a connotation like, okay, this is crazy, you know. But I think there is something... But there's something to it. Well, I think just look at the rise of Reiki. Right. Um, and now it's being accepted right. as that's why I want to talk about these a things. bona fide therapeutic. Because I mean, I'll be honest. Like you know, before I got into yoga, I thought a lot of this stuff was crazy. But now, but I even see, I can see the idea behind it, and I've seen some evidence of it. Well, we did talk about this on the podcast that didn't make it. That you know, I said I wasn't going to talk about your mom. <laughs> but I think one of the good things there seems to be many good things about your mom without having met her but just hearing you talk about her and share about her is that her knowledge of different facets of what we would probably be discussing mm-hmm. around energy has opened the door for you no, I, and I think also I, yoga that and just talking to people in the yoga community and just being open to once again if we go back to civil discourse Listening. I know, but you get that little smile in the corner of your mouth sometimes. <laughs> like, sometimes I think it's, a, and again, this could be my trigger or, right, I'm not totally healed, but sometimes I think like a little kid, like my kid brother, you're setting out this little trap for me <laughs> no, and no, you no. want to see how close I'll no, come. I, I honestly, because I, I think you know more about this stuff than I do. And I'm interested in, I'm really interested I want to know, and I want to hear about your thoughts, because I'm going to learn something new about it. Um, that's the only way. I'm not going to make fun of you. I mean, like, well. You go go for it. Bring I, it. Well, I mean, Bring I, I it, Glaze Brooke. You, but it's in a very pleasant and kind way. I, I, I appreciate your input. You have a lot of good input, and you've taught me a lot about 
things I haven't thought about from a perspective in the past. You know what I like? What's that? I like when you call me certain names. <laughs> <laughs> You've created these names for me. And it's kind of like a different language. Like if we're in one situation and one discussion or conversation, it's this name. <laughs> if we move to another, <laughs> and we're not even going to say what the names are. But like I like that you have a curiosity and I like that you also have a wit and sarcasm that I think I have. Well, I, I, so we don't, instead of offending each other, we raise the ante. It's more about <laughs> making fun of my own self because I just don't know. Oh, I'm calling bullshit on that. No, it's true. No. <laughs> Anyone that knows you, like... I make fun of myself all the time. What are you talking about? So After you, you're done making fun of others. Well, no, you need to come to my yoga class. I make fun of myself all the time. You told me you want me to be your number one student. Exactly. Because you, you know be. why. You should be. But I think that, you know, in working on my own vulnerability and trying to listen more and be open to more things without throwing my own mo emotion on it first, I can take it in and then I can put my emotion and my passion to it and then come up with a intelligent answer. Yes, I agree. Will. Or, or thought or, mm -hmm. or idea about it, but I want to listen first. That's, that's the whole thing I, I mean about so civil discourse. When, you know, listen first and then internalize it and come out with a good idea that is not just, I don't like it because you have an RRD or something next to your name or because, well, you're this or that. It's not wrong. Titles, just, not all titles, but some titles are very easily come by. Yeah, I know they are. I know. Um, so I was, I was going to say something really nice about you. Oh, no, no, you're not. You're no, not. I, I want to say oh, this okay, because I think it's important. You said a lot of nice things about me in this podcast. I'm, I'm trying to redeem I'm myself. To podcast over and over again now. Shut up. I'm trying to redeem myself after gender roles. I, t I needed a flak jacket on that one. It reminded me of being in politics again. Okay. Um, but you know what? That one person that wrote that comment mm. on the... Um, the Just Love, mm -hmm. what do we call that? The subscription, the newsletter, yeah. where the podcasts sit. I, um, at first I read it and it kind of like got me a little stirred. And she, she was a very gracious and genuine and she was very kind with her words. And I actually, I, it's why I sat with it for a while before I responded. But um, she... In her comment, she chose sides. Mm -hmm. And you're smiling because she chose your side. <laughs> but I think that um, personal growth comes when you can be objective about your own missteps. Mm -hmm. and But also know that you're not going to agree with everyone. No, I that's mean, that shouldn't be the goal, right? It, it's and um, that's okay. You don't have to agree with them, but it's it's learning to work together to I think when, make a better place, right? Well, and I think when people disagree, I think what I really applaud about the individual that wrote that comment is that she had um, the courage to share her voice mm -hmm. because she knew she was agreeing with you and not me. So then, that's already kind of like. Mm -hmm creating a uncertainty. 
But in her sharing that, it gave me space to consider, you know, what, um, where was I coming from? Which reactions were probably, could have been preempted if I just sat back a little bit longer? Um, and why did I feel so necessary to try to get you to hear me that I don't believe men are generally stronger than women? Like, right. and I still hold that belief, but like, I've let go of the need to have you ride that train with me. Like, you go ahead on your train, I'll go on right. mine, yeah, and we'll get, maybe we'll get to the same place. Yeah, sometimes we have to agree to disagree, and that's okay. You, know, you're not you get so cocky, though. You get like, you get like <laughs> Moses on the mountain. Yeah. Do you, you know, disagree? I know how to push buttons. You like pushing buttons? I think I do. So, um, want to wrap this up, but um, so are we doing energy next? No, I just want to say this really nice thing about you. Oh, thank you. Is that? We, as much as we disagree, which is probably the same amount as that we agree, mm. um, what I've noticed when we do get comments where someone is praising your thoughts and your arguments and questioning mine, behind the scenes, you're always very aware to... Be conscious of how I'm feeling. Like, and not coddle me by any means I don't want to be coddled. No. But I feel like with you, it's very much a team. It's a partnership and that, you know, our goal is to have these open dialogues, these conversations that can be tough. But at the end of the day, it's about coming back together and saying, hey, what can we learn from this? How can we grow? Right. How can we make this even better? Right. And that's, and that's. After you tell me how many likes you've gotten that week, <laughs> how many more likes your writing has gotten than mine. Well, there's got to be some competition to it. But I mean, I, I, but that's that's what it's about, right? I mean, it's about growing together. It's about it's not about winning or losing. Mm -mm. Uh, when we talk about social issues or anything else, or even just personal, it's about growing. And growing together, not separate. Um, because it's, I think, as a society and as individuals, that's how we become better. And not becoming stagnant or right, exactly. like I'll refer to and it as being stuck in my and ruts. And it's not always going to be pretty and it's not always going to be graceful. And it's not always going to be something that we can, you know, you know, say it's maybe not moving as fast as some people want. Maybe it's moving too fast for other people, but it's moving forward, even little steps. And I think it's what we have to look at. We have to look at the little wins here and there. As a, as a race of people or as yeah, people, two co-hosts? Two co-hosts, as a race of people, as a country, as whatever you want to do it. I think that's just, you have to look at it that way. It's, 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 you know, all we have, like one of the things I try to focus on is all we have is right here, right now. And that's exactly right. We'll never have anything more or right. anything less. And we're not going to be perfect and we're going to screw things up. But as long as we don't hate each other for it 
and say, listen, you know, we did, down, we, we had a up. rough road for a while with our newfound relationship. Like I finally understood what you were saying by superficial. <laughs> we had exited the superficial zone. Yes. And we had seen more sides of each other. Right. And some were kind of <laughs> not as role. attractive. No, I, I think that carried over into our friendship and like mm -hmm. looking at how, you know, we definitely took some space. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> So we don't know if we're doing energy next time? We we will do energy as long as we agree that we're coming on, coming at it from what we know of it. I think that's all we ever do. Mm-hmm. I don't claim to be an expert on energy. I didn't claim to be an expert on PTSD. Or, the yoga episode. Or yoga was funny. I don't claim to be an expert <laughs> we were, on yoga. We were espousing some strong statements. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we'll do energy next time. So we have two guests that we're going to figure out how to get on the show. Okay, yes. So Scott from South Carolina, who, yeah. uh, who is one of my cousins. Mm -hmm. and, and the psychologist. The psychologist that I've met her once in person. Um, she actually, um, we have to think good things about her. She actually took a fall Ooh. and is having, I think her surgery should be done by now today. Okay, good. But um, that should be interesting. Yeah. Um, she was a psychologist working with addiction, primarily. Uh, okay. She's very interesting. She wants us to. Um, she wants. She wants to do that in person. So that's a little bit of a road trip, maybe. She's from the Worcester area. The Worcester. And then my cousin's in South Carolina, so I'll just have to download an app. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So until next time, if you would like to. See Jen, you can always stop by her store in South Berwick, Maine, a little something. Or if you'd like to stop by and say hi to me, you can always take a class here at Yoga York in York, Maine. And you're also giving away free hugs this week. Well, yeah, no one's taking me up on the free hugs. I wonder why. I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, any... Um, Questions, comments, suggestions, please pass them on. Uh, and then other than that, have a wonderful rest of your day.